You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the common mistakes I see athletes make when hitting. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for tuning into the Volleyball by Design podcast. Welcome to episode six of the podcast. And I'm so I'm so excited to have you guys here today. We are going to talk about hitting. We're going to talk about the most common uh, things that I see with attackers um, when it comes to mistakes. The most common mistakes I see attackers make. And I think this will give you a little bit of clarity on what you can do right now to change certain things to improve uh, your hitting efficiency. So the first, actually, before we get into the the hitting mechanics and the hitting deficiencies and all that stuff, um, I do want to mention that this is the last couple days left of the challenge, or actually more of a contest, for uh, winning a one-on-one coaching call with me. So as I've mentioned in past podcasts, uh, I'm my, my goal is to educate as many people as I can. And in order to do that, I need to reach more people. So in order for that to happen, um, the podcast needs to be readily available, needs, needs to be popular, um, people need to be able to find it easy. So I'm hosting a little contest just to try to you know reach more people and get it out there. All you have to do is rate and review all right, so five stars is always appreciated. Uh, but rate and review the podcast. Um, take a screenshot, post it on Instagram, tag me, Brian Singh underscore Coach B, and then hashtag Volleyball by Design. I'm going to select a winner um, in about a week or so, and then you get a chance to get a one-on-one coaching call with myself, uh, which we'll dive in and we'll talk anything volleyball or vertical jump related. And um, at the end of it, I guarantee we'll we'll definitely make progress and hopefully I can help solve all of your problems when it comes to volleyball or vertical jump training. All right. So that's my promise to you. Please do that. I appreciate it. Um, even, even if you don't want to participate in the contest, uh, I'd really just appreciate um, a review uh, to let me know what you think of it. Because at the end of the day, like this... These episodes are, are to help you um, make make improvement in the game and, and become a better player and coach. All right, so I'd appreciate that um, if you did that as well. All right, so let's get into some attacking, attacking, attacking. Uh, so the first, and this is this is an interesting one. The first problem I see with attackers, or at least I get when at, when attackers always ask me this question regarding hitting, is low contact. One of the most common problems that athletes come to me with is, coach, I'm contacting the ball too low. My elbow is bent. I'm not contacting it at my highest point. And what's interesting is that the common um, the common trend is that people think it is because of a mechanical issue. So a lot of these athletes think, well, coach, am I not engaging my you know, my hips, or am I not engaging my tricep enough? Am I not 
is my like my arms too tight like all these different problems they're bringing to my attention but i want to tell you contacting the ball low has absolutely nothing to do with hitting mechanics absolutely nothing to do with hitting mechanics so i want you to think about this before i I give you the answer i want you to think about approaching you see the set you're approaching towards that ball and you jump and unfortunately you hit the ball low you contact the ball with your elbow bent and it's not at your highest point well why is that how how can that be possible this the easy answer and the most uh i i I wouldn't call it most common but the easy answer and the one that's nine out of ten times the reason why this is happening is because of timing you have a timing issue you don't have a mechanical issue so think about this if you were on time in other words if you approached at the right time when the ball was at the point where you can reach it at your highest point if you were on time that's where you would contact it you would contact the ball at your highest point but because you were late you allowed the ball to travel and start coming downwards and as the ball is coming down and now you're jumping and meeting it you're letting the ball fall too close to your body because you are late not because of of a mechanical issue so low contact equals late timing all right so what do you do to fix this well it's really easy you got to work on your timing um i mean i guess it's easier said than done because timing is a tough one a couple things have to be in check one your setter has to be setting you a consistent ball because if sometimes the ball is too high sometimes the ball is too low then it really isn't isn't as much your fault as it is theirs right because if you're getting a a different heights every time then obviously your timing is going to be off because you don't know when to start your approach or when to finish And, and that's a problem so we have to make sure that our setting is consistent now if our setting is consistent, then we have no excuse in terms of timing because the ball is has the exact same tempo and it's put in the exact same location every time. So we have to make sure that we're we're timing our approach accordingly. And one thing you can do is, you know, if you're a coach listening to this, um, you can kind of like hold your player's shirt and give them, you know, verbal cues like wait, 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 go, and give them a little nudge so they can, you know, they can move forward. Um, if you're a player and you want to just work on this i just it's, it's about repetition you you gotta continuously repeat 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 practice practice film yourself doing it and then you film yourself doing multiple reps and go back and look at it and you'll see oh maybe you went too early this time maybe you went too late this time maybe um you you took off when the setter didn't release the ball yet um or maybe you took off way too late after the setter released it and it was already at its apex like things like that so film is definitely a good tool to use to help uh you know figure out your timing issue and then if you're a coach just like verbal cues and stuff like that can help as well all right so that's the first big problem that i see happen the second problem i see is it deals with a power issue so players are always asking me how can i increase the speed of my swing how can i hit the ball harder and really the most common um, thing I see is players aren't utilizing their core and their hips enough. It just doesn't happen. So the four muscle groups that are really important when it comes to swinging are 
your core and your hips, I tie them into one. So core and hips, your pectoral muscle, which is around the shoulder area, like top, like uh, uh, top chest, high chest area, shoulder area. Then your shoulder, then your tricep, and a bonus one, I guess we'll go five, and then your wrist. So hips and core, pectoral, shoulder, tricep, and wrist. Those are the most important muscles that you need to engage in order to, one, hit the ball, and two, generate enough power on the ball where you'll see your maximum speed. Now, one of those muscle groups, well, I'd go two, but one of those muscle groups, normally players negate to use because they don't see the purpose and or, or rather understand the purpose of why it's important for to engage that muscle. And that is simply your core. Your core is responsible for a tremendous amount of power when it comes to your swing. And you need to engage it in order to maximize that speed of your swing. And how do you do that? It's really simple. When you're approaching, you want to make sure that your hip is back. So you're open to, let's say, for example, you're approaching on the left side. You want to make sure that you're not approaching with your hip facing the net. You want to make sure your hip is back and your chest is open to your setter. That way, when the setter sets the ball and you're now tracking the ball on your approach, when you swing, you rotate your hip and core forward first, then followed by your pectoral and shoulder, followed by your tricep, and then the last thing is your wrist. So all of these muscles go in order and have to go together to maximize the speed and power of your swing. And in order to do that, you first have to understand how to engage your core and your hips. All right, so let me repeat that one more time so you guys understand. Your core and hips, your core is responsible for generating a ton of power on the ball as well as speed. And I want you to imagine right now I want you to imagine yourself approaching. And I want you to imagine when you're now taking your last two steps. Your hip and your chest, or sorry, your hip is back. Your chest is open facing the setter. As you jump now, we jump, we rotate forward. So our hip comes forward with our core to generate that power. You are in the, as you're rotating, you're engaging your pectoral muscle as well as your shoulder, followed by your tricep and then your wrist snap at the end. So that is the order and motion of your muscles when it comes to generating power for your swing. And going forward, now that you know this, when you're, when you're going back on the court and you're practicing your swing, I want you to be responsible and aware of engaging all these muscles. And you do that. I guarantee you, you're going to see improvement in the speed and power of your swing. It is inevitable. It's going to happen. All right. The next thing when it comes to attacking is coming in on a straight line. So I don't like athletes coming in on a straight line because if you're coming in on a straight line, you are not putting yourself in a position to be open to your setter to engage your core and your hips because your hips are going to be facing the net, right? It's going to be facing the net. 
And once it faces the net, you don't have any mobility, you don't have any room to be able to engage it and swing. So you wanna make sure that you're coming in on some kind of angle. Now, that angle is gonna be linear. So what that means is, is you're not coming in on like a straight line facing the net. You're coming in on an angle into the court. Now that angle is straight, okay? That angle that you're coming in on is straight. As long as you're outside the court coming in um, on that type of angle, you'll be fine because then you reinforce yourself being open to the setter and you allow yourself to engage your core hips, pectoral, shoulder, tricep, and wrist, and you allow yourself to hit multiple different shots. So the one of the problems of coming in right on the line, straight facing the net, is not only do you not get enough power and speed on the ball, but you minimize your hitting range. So what do I mean by hitting range? Well, the three common shots when you're swinging are line, cross, and sharp cross. Now, sharp cross is you know anywhere around the attack line, and cross is you know your general cross court shot, and line is down the line. Well, by coming in on a straight line, you eliminate that sharp cross court shot. It's very, very difficult to hit that shot because what's going to happen is you're going to over rotate. You're you're putting yourself at a at a high risk of getting injured, which you don't want to do. Um, and you also want to make sure uh, that when you're coming in, be, because you're coming in on an angle outside the court, you you now not only have all three options, but you have those three hitting options, and you can also do different things with the ball depending on the set. Right? You're put in a position where you could potentially recycle, you could potentially tip better, you could potentially um, you know, swipe and do all these great things, roll, all that stuff, but it's because you're not coming in on a straight line, you're coming in on that angle. All right? So really, really, really important. Okay? The fourth thing that I see attackers make the mistake of doing and this ties into the, to episode five when it, when it came to technique and vertical jump training, is slowing down on their last two steps. All right, we do not want to slow down on our last two steps, but rather we want to make sure that we're speeding up on our last two steps. And the reason for that is because by speeding up on our last two steps, we're able to generate speed, we're able to jump higher, and therefore, our hitting range becomes a lot greater because we can jump higher. We can be more dynamic. And I see it a lot of times where athletes will slow down on the last two steps. And it could be because of a, a variety of reasons. Maybe the set's off. But more, normally, what I, the reason is because it's, it's comfortable for them. Right? Biomechanically, athletes feel comfortable slowing down into their jump because that's what their body's used to. Their body is not used to going at such a fast speed. Now, I'm not going to get into this in detail. If you want more information on speed uh, when it comes to attacking and jumping higher and all that stuff, go back, listen to episode five, and I talk in detail about how to manipulate your speed to increase your vertical jump. Okay, so I won't talk about it on this episode, but I just want you to know that, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I see and something that you can fix right now is slowing down on your last two steps. All right, so really important that you speed up and not slow down. Okay, and I, I'll give you the reference I gave last time, but it's like an airplane. An airplane needs to speed up before it takes off. Can you imagine if an airplane was to slow down before it takes off? It, it wouldn't go anywhere, right? That's not the way that the laws of physics work. We have to speed up to be able to increase, to get our height in the air. And that's exactly what um, the same philosophy applies here when it comes to slowing down your last two steps. We don't want to do that. 
And the last one that I'm going to talk about today that I see hitters make, and um, I think it's really important, but as a hitter, you have to swing with a purpose, okay? And what do I mean by that? Swinging with a purpose means that when the set goes up, as you, when you attack the ball, you can you would be able to give me a reason why you made that shot. That's what swinging with a purpose is. It's not going up, seeing the ball, and like, oh, I see the ball, and just going in, hitting it, crushing it as hard as you can, or just hitting it, see where it goes. That is what I see many inexperienced athletes do, right? And to, to not, not to their fault, you know, they don't know better. They see a ball, they go hit it. Yeah, you see a ball, you want to kill it. Well, to be an efficient attacker, you must swing with a purpose. And it starts by, one, understanding the type of set that you were given. So is it inside? Is it outside? Is it perfect height? Is it tight? Is it off the net? And what, what do we do with that? So I'm gonna, if for our example, we're going to imagine that we had a great set. So now that we have a great set and we're coming in on a great angle and you know, right on time, we need to look at the block before we make our shot. Because the block tells you what's open for you to swing. If you have no block, great. You can hit wherever you want to hit, and you have a one on nothing. If you have one block, well, what is that blocker doing? Is that blocker taking away the cross-court shot, or is that blocker taking away the line shot? And you do the exact opposite of what they're doing. So if they're taking away a line, well, guess what? You swing cross. And what are you doing there? You're swinging with a purpose. You're seeing what the block is giving you, and you're going at that. If you have a double block, the question is, is it a sealed double block? So is there a space? We call it a seam. Is there a seam between the block? Because if there is, guess what? You're going to hit seam. Now, if there is no seam, meaning the block is completely closed, shoulder to shoulder, they did a great job of coming over, well, now you've got some options. Depending on the level of athlete you are, can you make that cross-court shot or the sharp cross rather? Because assuming it's a double block, blockers are doing the job, then line is probably not going to be there. The cross-court shot is probably not going to be there. But can you hit that sharp cross-court shot, you know, attack line to the net? If you can, great. If you can't, what's your next best shot? Well, your next best shot is to go high off hands. That's my personal favorite shot when you're up against a sealed double block okay now all of these examples that I'm giving you they all tie in with swinging with a purpose and that is what you must get into the habit of doing you must look at the block you must swing with a purpose and even you know to the extent where uh, we're gonna go talk a little higher level here but understanding the game plan before the match so knowing who you're matched up with do you have an advantage over that person can you uh, maybe like you know maybe you're like six five they're five eleven you have a height advantage you may you may be able to do more damage that way like little things like that you know is the middle always late on a fast tempo ball knowing that you probably have the cross court shot open so these are things you you can think about prior to the match or 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 understanding who you're matched up against when you're front court all right so swinging with a purpose is absolutely essential for you to do as an attacker. So let's go over the five that we talked about today. So the first thing we talked about is timing. Okay, so remember, if you're contacting the ball low, 
it's nine out of 10 times because you are late. So it's a timing issue. So we need to work on that. Okay. The second is the mistake of athletes trying to gain speed and power on the ball by not engaging their core. So you must engage your core to generate power on the ball in addition to all other the other muscle groups we talked about. So core, hips, pectoral, shoulder, tricep, and wrist. The third one is making sure we're not coming in straight on the line, but rather coming in at an angle. However, when we do come in on that angle, we are going linear. So it is a straight line in terms of your approach, but we're coming in on an angle, okay? The fourth is making sure we do not slow down on our last two steps, okay? We don't want, we want to speed up on our last two steps, okay? We don't want to slow down. And the last one is swinging with a purpose. So making sure we're looking at the block, we're analyzing what's going on over there, um, and we're making the shot. Again, we're, the, if I was to ask you why you made that shot, you should be able to tell me a tactical reason, a strategic reason as to why you made that shot. And that will make you a, a, so much of a more efficient attacker um, and definitely uh, a, a person that, sh- that, should, that should get set the ball a lot because you're making good decisions, okay? So I hope to help you there with those five strategies on how to improve your attacking, um, as well as, well, there are more so five things you want to try to avoid in, in a lot of cases, all right? Um, but those things right there, if you improve all five of those things, you are on your way to becoming a fantastic attacker. Now, I will say, you're not if you, if you need to fix you know four or five of these things, which you're not doing right now, it's not going to happen overnight. Okay? You're going to have to practice. Like, swinging with a purpose, it's easier said than done because maybe you've never looked at the block before you swung. Maybe you, don't, you, you haven't figured out how to see it in your peripheral before you swung. So that's going to take practice and time. Even for the the low contact, like things like that, that takes practice and time. So don't don't even the the core all of these things. Maybe the coming in on an angle you can fix right away, uh, but the rest of them it takes time and practice. So be patient, but be persistent and make sure that you continue to do that because that's how you become a better attacker. Okay? So we got some value out of that. Um, thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Again, um, you know, if you if you have not subscribed to the channel, please do subscribe to the channel so you get up to date information on new episodes that are dropped. Um, you know, sometimes during the week I may drop two episodes. You know, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're going to be getting interviews going, so there you know you might get you might get double episodes uh, during a week, and I'm excited about the interviews we have lined up. So stay, so you get, you know, if you're subscribed, you get notifications right away with that, which is great. Um, and again, please, if, um, you know, whether you want to be in the contest or not, uh, do me a favor and rate and review the podcast um, just so, you know, I get the feedback and I can take that with me and make sure that I give you guys episodes that, you know, you actually want to hear, right? Because at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what's important. All right. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Volleyball by Design podcast. I hope you gained some value today with the attacking uh, episode. Um, Hopefully you can go and apply it right away. All right. Thanks so much again. We'll talk soon. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.